0: Welcome to our weekly classified Gray man Intelligence audio brief. Over the next few minutes, Wesley from Super SE is going to share with you the most important survival intelligence stories that have occurred over the past week from the Gray Man Briefing. This timely and concise reporting will help you to stay sharp and be well ahead of the knowledge curve so that you can be better prepared for what's coming down the road. All right, Wes, take it away.
1: All right, thanks David. So we'll get right into the brief. From the Gray Man Briefing, this is a weekly recap of news and developments for your situational awareness. As always, with the bottom line up front. Okay, this week we're covering February 1st through February 7th. We're going to move right into shortages, labor force, and infrastructure concerns. CVS and Walmart have announced plans to reduce their pharmacy hours. This will affect 9,000 CVS pharmacies and almost 5,000 Walmart pharmacies. They are saying it's to adjust hours to better fit the schedules of uh, their customers. Uh, It's obviously also because of a staffing shortage of their pharmaceutical technicians. If you recall, in mid to late 2021, both CVS and Walmart, at least for their uh, pharmacy techs, uh, began mandating fully vaccinated and boosted requirements for those employees, uh, which could be a reason why they are still having such a shortage. And the Adderall shortage continues. Back in October of last year, the FDA announced that disruption to the medication. Uh, For many, it's a basic requirement for functioning. The FDA said the shortages are due to intermittent manufacturing delays however the DEA the drug enforcement agency who kind of oversees this uh, in December they said they will not increase quotas for the for the medication so nationwide we're already seeing that patients are having trouble getting their prescriptions filled in our infrastructure briefing this week we've got two notes for you first the Russian linked hacking group killnet they conducted a cyber attack on 14 US hospitals this was af- across the nation. It's from California to Michigan to Pennsylvania to North Carolina to Georgia. It hit places like Duke University Hospital, uh, Mott's Children's Hospital, Huntsville Hospital, Hollywood Presbyterian Medical Center, 14 of them. And if you recall, Killnets also the ones over the last year they targeted Lockheed Martin. They hit the government websites in Japan and Hungary uh, and also in I think in the Netherlands it was hospitals that they hit. They've also hit US Congress, the Vatican, JP uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, and uh, quite a, uh, I can't remember how many, but I know it was a, a number of airports and airlines last year, including Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. So this week's attack, it was one of those distributed den- denial of services, DDoS attacks. It only temporarily shut down the websites and portals. Nothing major happened. Uh, the attacks seemed to be part of a FUD fear uncertainty and doubt campaign to degrade the US's ability uh, or at least people's perception that the US doesn't have that ability to counter such cyber attacks. So expect this to continue. Uh, maybe nothing major I- as far as here coming soon but you're going to keep seeing these attacks even even if they don't have major impacts just just as part of a uh, part of that FUD campaign. And lastly, uh, related to infrastructure, the FBI has arrested two suspected domestic violent extremists. They've filed federal charges of conspiracy to destroy an energy facility. This happened in Maryland. The two were described as espousing racially and ethnically motivated violent extremist beliefs. This is according to the affidavit. Uh, They discussed at least five substation locations and talked about the use of firearms to cause a cascading failure of the electrical grid there in Baltimore. Uh, the FBI claims the two referenced the Unabomber and and Hitler in their communications. Uh, they were seen in photographs wearing camouflage, one of which displayed a swastika, and they have affiliations with neo-Nazis. Uh, one of these suspects is reportedly, if not a high-level member, of one of the founders of the Atomwaffen Division neo-Nazi group. So the FBI has uh, supposedly blocked and stopped a- an attack that would have taken down possibly five substations there in Maryland okay let's talk about some major events some developments and of course probably the biggest thing everyone's been talking about this week the balloon so first uh, on February 3rd a train carrying vinyl chloride derailed in East Palestine Ohio Uh, we looked at some videos of it it looks like just half a mile of the area is on fire there were 50 cars that derailed according to the NTSB, and 20 of those contained hazardous materials. Fire departments from all over the state of Ohio, including uh, help from West Virginia and Pennsylvania, responded to assist. Uh, A couple days later, the governor activated the National Guard and ordered everyone within one mile radius to uh, evacuate. And The authorities also warned that if you did not evacuate, they kind of hinted that they would find ways to charge you for not evacuating, including those that lived in the area that had children. If they didn't evacuate, uh, child endangerment charges could come. Uh, Last I checked, this is kind of still ongoing, and the National Guard's there on scene. And the avian flu is still getting talked about a lot. Um, It's the HPAI. Well, the H5N1 uh, virus there of the avian flu... A trial was done by the UK Animal and Plant Health Agency, the APHA. Uh, the virus is responsible for the death and cullings of chickens globally. If you recall, we did a, a list on disruptions to our food supply. And on that list, you if you did review it, you would have saw dozens of events where chickens were culled for having the avian flu. I want to say it was like 50 million um, chickens have been killed in the U.S., to help stop the spread of the avian flu. Well, the new thing is, like I said, the APHA, they did a study. They found that animals were found to have a mu- mutation of the virus that could make it easier to infect mammals, but there was no evidence of that transmission between mammals. Since October 2022, there've been five confirmed human cases of the H5 H5N1 virus. And the WHO, the World Health Organization, reports that since 2003, there's been 870 cases of human infection with the avian flu virus. Um, And that was in 21 different countries, and of those, 457 people died. Well, this new APHA study just found that the virus has moved and infected nine otters and foxes that were tested positive. So... Uh, that transition transmission to mammals is growing according to the APHA so let's talk about the balloon unless you've been under a rock you've seen plenty of news coverage on the Chinese surveillance balloon Uh, it first became public attention when a civilian spotted it from an aircraft uh, a commercial airline and that was in Montana Uh, after the fact we found out the US supposedly already knew about it they'd first picked it up uh, off the Aleutian Islands and coming from China mainland to Alaska traveling down through Canada into Montana it then went down traveled through all the way to the East Coast and exited into the Atlantic Ocean they're off South Carolina so rather than repeat everything you probably heard on the news we'll just talk about some of the more disputed aspects of it um, you kind of almost immediately when Biden started getting some pushback for not shooting it down uh, someone released the concept or the fact that three other Chinese balloons invaded U.S. airspace or even the mainland of the U.S. uh, during Trump's administration. Trump uh, immediately denied that, said he had no knowledge of it. Um, Even uh, a couple members of his cabinet came out and said it never happened, including Bolton, who's an opponent um, of Trump, said it never happened. And then General Mathis came out and said that it happened, but uh, they didn't tell Trump because they were afraid that he would be he would have too much of a provocative uh, response to it. So we shot it down and we've collected it and we're studying it. And I guess we'll find out a little bit more soon if they release anything publicly about what they found. There's some talk that it may have an explosive device on it to self detonate itself and it had solar panels and array of surveillance uh, equipment attached uh, but something we covered was the prospect of it being not so much there for surveillance but more as a dry run for a hemp attack on well, those high altitude um, electromagnetic pulses so I'll talk briefly on that since you're not seeing that anywhere else and like I said I don't want to be redundant and uh, re-garbled the same stuff you're hearing on the news. So in 2015, a congressional EMP commission warned that the threat of a balloon-borne high-altitude electronic or electromagnetic pulse or hemp attack uh, could be possible. The report read that, quote, using a balloon as a WMD or WME, which that's weapon of mass destruction and weapon of mass effect, Uh, going back to the quote, platform could provide adversaries with a uh, pallet of, Altitudes and payload options, which with which to maximize offensive effects against the U.S., a high-altitude balloon could be designed, created, and launched in a matter of months. There is nothing to prevent several hundred pounds of weapons material from being delivered to altitude. End quote. And an analysis of the 2015 report addressed the week's uh, or this week's suspected Chinese surveillance balloon, calling it a potential quote dry run. The same report further warned that such a balloon, an EMP attack, quote, damages and destroys electronic systems at the speed of light within an EMP field with a radius of hundreds of kilometers. Uh, the eastern grid generates 75% of U.S. electricity and supports most of the populations. So within the reports, it says that balloons are, quote, the easiest to resource, equip, and launch also the least understood, they further explained. Uh, such balloons have the capability to travel 200,000 feet, or 37.8 miles, and that's an altitude, that's upwards. Uh, analysis shows that an EMP detonated at 40 miles high has an impact radius of 500 miles, which could cause electrical outages nearly nationwide. A uh, 2017, which this study was first conducted in 2017, but it was released publicly in 2018. This is another another congressionally appointed commission. Uh, it's called To Assess the Threat to the United States from Electromagnetic Pulse EMP Attack. So it further warned that an EMP attack can be executed by a wide variety of delivery vehicles, anything that can loft a nuclear weapon to 30 kilometers, that's about 18 miles, or higher. And this is a quote, even a, meteor- even a meteorological balloon. So we're not trying to fear monger here, but we're trying to think outside the box and we're, we're giving you quotes from reports that were commissioned by Congress to include that updated quote, uh, where they said that they believe it could be a dry run for such a hemp attack. So just keep that in mind. Could be possible. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it has nothing to do with a hemp attack and they're just trying to get poor video quality, pictures of uh the u.s that their satellites could already get and moving into our government oversight briefing the epa and dod or more specifically the environmental protection agency and the army corps of engineers they've redefined or revised the definition of waters of the united states that's wotus Uh, This is part of the Clean Water Act. So the new new definition expands the scope of the EPA and the Army's regulatory oversight to include traditionally navigated waters, territorial seas, interstate waters, and upstream water resources. The new language to water access and control is said to be problematic by at least 25 governors who's penned a letter to uh, the Biden administration So specifically this letter, it says, The the rule is problematic in and of itself, but its timing is particularly troubling given record inflation and gas prices that threaten the livelihoods of so many communities. Those who rely on farming and small business as a backbone of their local economies are particularly vulnerable. Another burdensome and overbroad regulation from the federal government could not come at a worse time for America. Having already squandered much of America's energy independence, you should not increase cost for consumers by tying up energy production with even more red tape." So those directly impacted by this new definition of WOTUS, they should continue to monitor the Federal Register for the publication of this new rule, and they should track SCOTUS decisions, uh, specifically the case of Sackett v. EPA. In the event of a poor outcome in the SCOTUS case, all citizens should make public comments supporting a limited definition in the revision cycle planned in November of this year. And shifting over to censorship, uh, specifically COVID-19 related, YouTube issued an urgent guidance notification. To censoring a recent project veritas hidden video uh, camera investigation the video that that was up it showed pfizer's uh, director for research and development of the MNR the mrna vaccines he told an undercover journalist with uh project veritas that pfizer's made efforts to research mutating COVID 19 viruses in order to develop new variants or new vaccines to sell so youtube quickly removed that video it actually got 30 million views before youtube removed it uh the Pfizer visual captured on video and this is a quote said one of the things we're exploring is like why don't we just mutate it covid ourselves so we could preemptively develop new vaccines right so we have to do that if we're going to do that enough there's a risk to life as you could imagine no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating effing or fucking viruses The way it would work is that we would put the virus in monkeys, and we successfully cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. You have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus, uh, COVID-19, that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which I suspect is the way the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. It's bullshit. From what I've heard is they, Pfizer scientists, are optimizing COVID-19 mutation process, but they're going slow because everyone is very cautious, obviously. They don't want to accelerate it too much. I think they are just trying to do it as exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you are figuring out future mutations. End quote. So that was captured, that quote, and everything on video, and it was shared on YouTube, and YouTube took it down, issued urgent notice. Uh, Then uh, Facebook and Instagram removed a follow-up Project Veritas video where a journalist with Veritas actually confronted YouTube's VP of Trust and Safety, and the video shows Veritas asking questions like, why did you take our video down? Um... So, yeah, the video of Project Veritas questioning YouTube, a high-level employee, was taken down also by Facebook and Instagram, saying it violated community standards on privacy. And also Twitter took it down for a couple of hours, and then it was renewed saying it was an accident that they took it down. So you've got censorship all over the place, and censorship of censorship. So, yeah, we'll finish there with the censorship and move into our Second Amendment briefing. So the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals delivered a ruling on a federal law that bans citizens who've been served with certain restraining orders, uh, specifically domestic violence orders. The decision was made in accordance with the new guidelines that came out after that SCOTUS ruling, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. So the court didn't assess whether the law was a laudable policy, like it didn't say this this sort of banning of guns to those who have a domestic violence restraining order is bad. It just simply said that it violated the Second Amendment, um, and which is that's what it, that's what a court should do. It should it should rule on the the primary issue is it a violation of the U.S. Constitution, and that is that's exactly what they did. So in short, uh, the court officially found that banning firearms from people who are just simply issued a domestic violence restraining order. Um, Is unconstitutional and this is a good decision because uh, the same sort of uh, code which is 18 USC 922 little g and 8 it could be applied in other ways that are obviously not only unconstitutional but uh, kind of an overreach just consider this a law being applied to taking guns away from people that were simple protesters at January 6 riot or those that shared mis- misinformation or disinformation. Um, imagine taking a gun away from someone who's just the state has labeled them as sharing dense information, um, or even those who are unvaccinated. They, these are wild concepts here, but each year we see uh, the possibility of something like this happening. So this recent decision is a win for both the 2A and just all sort of civil rights. And finally, to end up the weekly briefing, we're going to talk about our economy and the debt ceiling. So a failure or even a near failure to stop a default on the national debt could cause a recession and collapse of the U.S. dollar. So basically, House Republicans are refusing to increase the debt limit unless they get some spending cuts. And Democrats in the House are... Refusing to budge because they say we need to spend these things its on obligations. We have it's things that are important So neither side is wanting to budge and this happens a lot You know this back and forth and sooner or later at the last moment uh, a decision is made an agreement is made But it's, I guess it's a little bit different this time so right now our Our national debt uh, as far as the debt ceiling is set at 31.4 trillion. That's how much uh, we owe a default would mean that the government could not pay its debts, its interest, or even any currently financed uh, services. And these economic, uh, these negative economic effects, they would quickly mount and risk triggering a deep recession. In 2016, the national just to kind of give you a summary. In 2016, the national debt was 24 trillion. In 2019, it was 26 trillion. In 2020, it was 30 trillion. And like I say, now it's uh, 31.4 trillion. Just to kind of give you some history there. So a potential of a default, even if a solution is reached in time, could negatively affect the stock market and increase the national credit uh, credit rating, the NCR. Economists say if a, a default actually occurs, the most serious consequence would be the collapse of the U.S. dollar and its replacement as the global trades unit of account. Another consequence being observed is political division, and this is already happening. Um, An an analysis explained that, quote, major economies are getting pulled apart from within due to unprecedented levels of political polarization. Uh, Separately, in Saudi Arabia, they're moving away uh, from USD to the petrodollar. Uh, This is gonna be for things like oil trade. It'll be the new alternative currency, the petrodollar, not USD. Uh, Some economists fear that inflation could create similarities to the collapse of Venezuela uh, currently, more than 50% of global trade is in the USD, with 30% being in Euro, but a default would land the U.S. dollar uh, behind both the Euro and the Chinese Yuan. So we, we kept a couple things out this week from uh, the podcast version of the weekly briefing. Uh, there's just too much to cover. You can get everything in great detail with sources to everything we're telling you right now. We, we include all even mainstream media URLs. Um, and other alternative sources of information for our resources, for our sources, I should say. Uh, It's all on the Gray Man Briefing. You can go to www.graymanbriefing.com. That's Gray Man with an A. Uh, This is Wes from Super reading out the Gray Man Briefing for you. Take care, and thanks for listening to another episode.
0: So before we head out of here, let us know what you think of these briefs by emailing us at help at ultimatesurvivaltips.com. Or you can contact us through our website and the home base for this podcast, ultimatesurvivaltips.com. If you'd like to be even further ahead of the preparedness curve and get daily briefs from Wes delivered privately to you, Wes is giving Survival Show podcast subscribers $1 off the normal monthly subscription cost of $5. So for only $4 a month, you can get daily intelligence briefings from Wes when you go over to graymanbriefing.com and enter code GBCUST at checkout. All right, that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.